Welcome to the Brazilian Beat. This is episode 88 with Claudinho Santana. Join us as we get to know the Brazilian percussion and music making community one interview at a time. This is Courtney. And this is Diana. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm doing okay. How are you? I'm doing well. Doing nice, well. Nice. Yeah. S- spring is here, I feel. Officially, it is here. Yeah. It's beautiful out. It is. Do you guys all remember Bruce Ogilvie? Be like Bruce and donate to Hichimo Solidario. Hichimo Solidario was started by Shino Duastasio. You can hear his story in episode 82 of our podcast. He is raising funds and raising money to buy food and toiletries and things like that in bulk. And then they give it all away to members of Baterias in Rio who are in need right now. Things are pretty bad. And Diana and I were talking before we started recording about how to say this because we don't we don't want to guilt people into into feeling bad and donating, right? Like that's not that's that doesn't seem right. Um, but we don't know what to say. It's things are really terrible there, and and it's not getting any better anytime not, yeah. soon. Um, these folks have lost their livelihood during the pandemic, and um, like Courtney said, it's dire. Um, so and we want to. It's not going to get better, and I, it feels weird asking you guys for money, like to keep donating. But it's, I don't know what else to say. Like this is culture that we take a lot from. So, and if like, anybody has any ideas, um, yeah, totally. You know, we'd love to hear from you, and we can pass that on to Sheena and. Um, you know, if somebody wants to start a GoFundMe or, you know, I'm not sure how that works for um, international situations. But, you know, if anybody has the resources or the time to do this and work on it, that would be amazing. Yeah, please let us know. That's a really good idea, Diana. To, I mean, everybody is so creative in this community of listeners that we have. Like, if that's a great idea. If, we, if anybody has any idea about how to... I've come up with so many ideas, but have no idea how to implement them. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's, yeah, I, I feel like together we can, we can do a lot. So, yeah. And I'm, and Sheena would love the support, you know, from other countries. Um, but, you know, a lot of people have donated um, from abroad. And I think he really appreciates yeah. that because the, the, do- the American dollar at least goes quite a long ways right now. That's true. That's true. It's like five to one right now. And if, so. you know, if anybody can't afford to do it, please do so. Um, we continue to do so, you know, out of our own pockets as well. And Bruce Ogilvy continues to do so. Bruce is a superstar. Like a freaking monster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's do this together. Um, it's a big thing that Sheena has t- taken on. And he is just a fighter. Much respect to Sheena, and um, if you folks have any ideas, yeah, if you have the means, please, please give money. Uh, So he has a PayPal. I'll spell it out for you: C H I I N A B A D A L O at gmail.com is the address, and I will put that. I put that on most of the podcast episodes on our website. It's there, so. So check it out and thank you. Thank you so much. 
Um, if you would like to support this podcast, um, there are several ways. A lot of people have asked how they can support, and we, we really appreciate that. Tell your nerdy, nerdy Samba friends or Mark at two friends. Uh, you can share us on social media. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, and you can join our community of support at co fi slash the Brazilian beat. But only do that after you've given to Sheena. Right. Please. But you can uh, share on social media. That's free. <laughs> and you can give us a five-star rating. That's for free. <laughs> That's free, too. Tell a friend. That's free. <laughs> yes. Okay. So about today's guest, Claudio Santana is a percussionist from Pernambuco, Brazil, and he enjoys mixing Brazilian influences with foreign influences obtained through his travels. Santana started his career with the intent to form himself musically through, through the local music scene, with rhythms such as maracatu, coco, ciranda, afoche, baião, cavalo marinho, and candomblé. Claudinho has lived in and visited more than 12 European countries and has been influenced by musicians from Africa and Asia. These contacts created a desire to learn and better understand the roots of percussion and their cultures, beginning with the introduction of the instruments like talking drum, djembe, udu, etc. He enjoys incorporating hand percussion with drum kit and believes that percussion is an endless universe. His experiences at home and abroad have added to Santana's musical vocabulary. He played with the Maracatu Nassau Estrela Brilanchi for 10 years, and he was introduced to the musicians Marco Susano and Jorginho do Pandero. His primary instrument is the Pandero, but he also plays djembe, chimbal, congas, and Peruvian cajon. Claudinho has taught percussion for the last 21 years. He has taught courses and workshops for more than a decade in Brazil and several European countries. In the U.S., he held Pandero and Maraca 2 workshops sponsored by Contemporanea. In Hasifi, he held body percussion workshops sponsored by Team Musica, Pandero workshops sponsored by the Cultural Ministry, and many others. Claudinho was a student of Jorge Martins, the first, his first teacher and founder of Corpus Percussivus, where he was also an instructor. He also has held workshops in other Brazilian states like Aracaju, Maceo, and Fortaleza. He was invited as a Brazilian representative to the International Festival of Pandeiro, or NAFTA, not NAFTA, <laughs> in the U.S. <laughs> Claudinho holds degrees in music from the Universidade Federal de Pernambuco and in journalism from the Universidade Católica de Pernambuco. In 2008, he received a scholarship to study at West Virginia University, where he studied steel drum, electronic music, sound painting, and African drumming. Santana has played with international names such as British singer Joss Stone, accordionist Rob Curto, and guitar player Clay Ross, both from New York, and the Scottish groups such as Bloco Vomit and Macumba <laughs> from the UK. In Brazil, he has recorded and played with Zeca Baleiro, Junio Barreto, Silverio Pessoa, Geraldo Azevedo, Davi Moraes, Luizinho Di Calisto, Zé Calisto, Shanghai, and Santana U Cantador. With the singer Badi Assad, he performed at the Jarasam Jazz Festival in South Korea and in Rio de Janeiro with Ney Mato Grosso. In the last 10 years, Claudinho has immersed himself into the Sao Paulo Carnival Bloco scene. He's had the chance to work along with Bangala Fomenga and Kizomba from Rio, Hitalina, Charanga do França, Besta Etu, 
and he is currently the musical director for Bloco Pagu. In Sao Paulo, he has also taught Pandeiro at the Instituto Bricanchi. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode with Claudinho, and we will talk to you at the end. I like to network and uh, help lead workshops and things like that. So that's a little bit about us. Wow, Jorge Martin was my first, very first teacher. I saw that right there. Yeah, it was in 1997. Uh, I just remember, he, I was at the Mercado Pop, which is uh, like a, it's a big market of uh, artists, people doing tattoo, you know, and mm-hmm. graffiti and music and shows, etc. And suddenly, the Maracatu Estrela Brilhante came up, started playing, really strong, really powerful. I mm-hmm. never forget that. It was like a punch in my stomach, you know. And uh, but it was, it was like a small battery, like only maybe 20 drummers, but it was really powerful. And at the very end of the battery, was George Martin was playing. And he was the first white guy. Um, and I was taking pictures with analogic camera at the time. <laughs> and at the finish, he came to me and asked for the pictures. And I said to him, okay, I give you the pictures if you put me inside the maracatu. <laughs> <laughs> nice and, he said, and, and he said, deal, we have a deal. And he <laughs> said also, I have a uh, group of percussion. If you want to come, uh, you are welcome. I say I'm gonna do that. So I became his study uh, student, and we start playing together, having classes. And he said, "You you play really well. I'm gonna bring you to the Maracatu." So I went, we went together to Brilliant. So it was like the end of '97. It was very close to Carnival, and Messi Valter came to me and said, "You play really well. You're gonna." Uh, join us for Carnaval next year. So I was, was really delighted for that. And you know, 98 for my, my, my more, it was my first time playing with Strel Brillante. And I, I played there for 10 years. Wow. Uh, it was 98. Two years later, I went to Scotland. I moved to Glasgow to study English and to teach percussion. So I, do it, I did my first workshop there in Edinburgh mm-hmm. uh, by myself and I discovered myself as a teacher. I did. To, uh, I said to myself, this is what I want to do mm. the rest of my life. <laughs> mm. So I love teaching and I love, I love playing music. I love being on the stage as well, you know. So it took me three years traveling abroad, you know, I, I went to 10 different countries and when I got back, 2003, I was in in a crisis, you know, like I didn't know what to do. Uh, I was about to move to Europe for good because mm. I was speaking I was speaking English not the, pretty well at that time, but my life was in Recife, like mm-hmm. my university. I did two years and I had two years to finish. I uh, had a girlfriend, my mother was ill, so 
I was very divided, you know, between Recife and living abroad. So I decided to stay in Recife, and I started to study music at the Universidade Federal de Pernambuco. So I had a degree uh, uh, in the university, and between the, at this time, in 2008, I got a full scholarship to study music in the U.S. Mm. I went to West Virginia University. Uh, I had to I had to thank Lula for that. I know the president. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good time in Brazil. Did you know uh, somebody there, or how? What was the connection to that university? Uh, well, it was a it was a program called Music Alive between Brazil and U.S. Mm. It was Recife, oh. Rio de Janeiro, uh, West Virginia, and East Carolina. So two students from Recife, two students from Rio de Janeiro, uh, going to U.S between West Virginia and East Carolina and two students for each university coming to Brazil uh, during the summer, you know. So I went there in July and they come here in January. So it was a really interesting uh, experience, you know. I was studying uh, handpans, you know, mm-hmm. Caribbean percussion, electronic music, uh, sound painting things that I couldn't study in Recife, mm. which opened my mind uh, pretty well. And then I got back to Recife, finished my course. I also have a, I have a degree in journalism. Hmm. <laughs> I was doing, <laughs> Man. <laughs> I was doing two universities at the same time. Holy and beside of that, I was going to the conservatorio to study erudite music, you know, like Kasha. Uh, snare, you know, mm-hmm. and rudiments and xylophone and vibraphone. Uh, after that, uh, after finish all the universities and conservatorium, I moved to São Paulo, 2011. This year, it's gonna make uh, 10 years oh. that I moved. I moved to São Paulo. So that is story, more or less. <laughs> wow. Okay, I want to go back a little right. bit and start from um, growing up. And, and was your family musical? Where did you grow up? Tell us about what that was like. Uh, I'm not, I don't have any musicians in my family. <laughs> I'm a black sheep, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I started by myself. You know, I, I always um, had this passion for percussion, especially. And the neighborhood I used to live in Recife is called, it's very small and we have the marching bands from the public schools mm-hmm. uh, every year parading from in front of my house, in my street. Mm-hmm. So they close the street and all the schools are playing drums mm-hmm. and marching bands are passing by. And I was following them. Every time every time the the, the percussion was passing, I was just following. <laughs> and playing on my body, you know, beside. <laughs> so when I got back home, I was playing on the desk, you know. I always had this passion uh, playing on the desk, you know, in a classroom, for instance, you know, every time this the teacher 
uh, left the classroom and was playing on the desk. <laughs> so this is what it was my first <laughs> instrument, <laughs> the classroom desk. The desk. I'm great on uh, the desk. Was like a, my my cajon, you know? it's <laughs> yeah. like a Peruvian cajon. <laughs> Uh, so this, I remember this is like my first, very first instrument, the classroom desk. <laughs> but officially I started in 97, you know. I don't know if you heard about Chico Sainz. Yeah. Uh, sure. He was a star, you know, like a very clever guy. And so... Toda fauna, flora, grita de amor Quem segura o porte estandarte Tem arte, tem arte E aqui passa com raça eletrônico Maracatu atômico Inspiring guy, you know, like he wrote Maracatu for the international music, you could say. And Maracatu got my attention, and I had the chance to meet George Martin playing Maracatu Cirobillan, which is a, was a big connection and was a, like a punch, you know, it's a real punch mm-hmm. in my life and took me forever. And thank God for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. More or less, that's his story, you know. How was your time in, when playing with Australia? You said you played with them for for 10 years. Yes, I played uh, Alfaya in the first year. Mm-hmm. Then I tried the Shekere, then I tried the Kasha. Uh, the Gongue, only one person plays. Right. 
I couldn't play the gonger, for instance, but I was moving around. Then I got back to Delphi and stayed. Uh, for a few years, I was playing the uh, Hippie Session. It's uh, like a, a, a group of uh, guys playing the variation like all the time, you know, mm -hmm. to give a different flavor, mm -hmm. which gives you a, a language of improvisation. Uh, really good. To me, it was a great experience. Uh, like a 20-inch uh, drum. Uh, <laughs> I still have that. It's in my back here. Nice. Uh, it was a really interesting experience. You know, it was very tough. You know, right? Master Valter is a really tough guy. <laughs> Has so not changed. You've heard? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like shouting you know like uh, making you to play well to pay attention you know so it's um i guess it's like a it's like a summer school you know like the master is like very tough and he wants you to play the best as you can uh now we have fabinho fabinho mm -hmm. is leading the the group he's a very mm -hmm. close friend really good guy He's a good composer too. Is bringing new lyrics. Yes, I love his songs and his his voice too. And yeah. I, although I I love Mesty Walters, uh, Tuadas too. Yeah, they both are really uh, special. No, it's like a, now it's different. Now it's just different. It's not uh, better or worse. It's just right. just different. Mm -hmm. It's always good. You know, Maracatusra Brilliant is very strong and powerful. Uh, we have a, a competition during the carnival, mm -hmm. and every year is between Maracatu, Porto Rico, and mm -hmm. Serra Brilhante. Mm -hmm. right. It's always between them, the competition. And so is a, is a, they both are really powerful and strong. Uh, it's interesting that that you know, in with the with that it's just the two. It's very binary like that. Yeah, you know, there's not other groups popping up that are that are threatening that. Yeah, huh. I think they just both have so much history and both. Right. Everybody does. I mean, but yeah, those two are very powerful. Yes. 
So besides besides you playing uh, Maraca too, um, you know, there's so many other rhythms <clears throat> in Pernambuco. Were you playing, you know, Foja or anything else, Kalku? Uh, Foja uh, is, is a very strong also in Pernambuco, you know. Mm-hmm. I used to play many bands during June and July, especially June, mm-hmm. during, during the San Juan. I remember in one year I had like 27 gigs in one month. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. <laughs> uh, I was playing like five, six bands, you know. So I was playing Forró. Uh, I, I, most of the time I was playing Pandeiro and Zabumba. Oh, hand percussion like Ganza, Agogo, you know, which was really nice too. A Coco had experience with Zeneguinho do Coco and mm. Morro da Conceição. Uh, also, Afaxé or Chumpandá. Mm-hmm. I spent like uh, maybe two years playing with them, Afro uh, block group. Uh, what else? I think that's it. Especially Maracatu is, took me for real. <laughs> yeah. And now you studied abroad, you said. Could you tell us a little bit more about um, studying in Scotland and and workshops throughout Europe? Um, my first workshop was in Edinburgh in 2000. Um, I did many, many workshops there. Then I got back in 2001. I lived in Manchester, which was really interesting also. Oh, you probably uh, knew Holly then. Yeah, Holly, yes. <laughs> yeah. She's a great friend. She's an excellent musician, excellent yeah, she is. human She's being. Great. She's great. She's just she was great. one of our first interviews. Ah, Holly Prest. Yes. I love her. She's a great friend. Also, Simeon Smith in Dublin is a great friend. He's mm-hmm. a Samba school there called Mass Samba. Mm-hmm. Uh, went to Brighton as well. Uh, Ipswich. Uh, Stoke on Trent. I don't remember, don't remember all the cities I've been, but it was a really, really very cold and interesting experience. <laughs> <laughs> and 2002, I went to Belgium. Uh, I spent like two weeks in Louvain, it's near to Brussels. Uh, I did also Stockholm. I met uh, Sebastian Nottini there, he's also a great percussionist, great drummer. He, uh, he was the first guy to show me the Susano technique, you know. Mm-hmm. It was 2002, 19 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and then Sebastian is living in Salvador. Mm. Yes, he's playing a beating bow and other Brazilian percussion really well. He's a great musician, great friend too. Uh, what else? I went to Rome, Italy, got back to UK. Then I got back to Belgium and, and did more uh, one-week workshop of Brazilian music, especially maracatu and samba. And in 2008, I got a full scholarship to go to West Virginia. And at the end of the semester, I went to New York. And it was I was crazy there. So, Wonderful city to me is the best city for musicians mm-hmm. um, that I know. <laughs> I've never been to LA, but 
New York is 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 magic. If you if you come to a New York and say, oh, uh, United States is really good, he said, no, no, you are in New York, you know. So it's really good to, you know, traveling makes you rich, culturally speaking, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I believe that richness or wealth is not money, it's knowledge. Experience, yeah. Experience, yeah. yes. Were most of the workshops that you were teaching, like Marika 2 workshops, or what, what were you teaching? Um, well, samba, no, basic samba. Ijecha, uh, uh, because I, I used to play in this Afasha group. And basically that, you know, um, Maracatu is like a second choice, you know. Everybody loves and know, everybody knows samba. And the second uh, thing is maracatu, you know. Like samba, samba, reggae, and maracatu is like a top three. Mm-hmm. Trifecta. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was between maracatu, samba, and afoshe. Now, at that time... It seems like Europe is kind of ahead of things as far as like they've been studying or and and they've been doing this for a long time more so than the U.S. Um, did you find the students to be pretty well versed in things like Maraca too? What do you mean? Um, were they little? Did, were you expecting them to be at the level they were at, or were they all new to it? They all knew. Yeah, all mm-hmm. new to mm-hmm. it. Uh, a few students was like a like a holy, you know, holy press was like very talented, so they already played mm-hmm. many things. Uh, I'm, we are talking about twenty years ago. We, yeah. we don't have the internet like now. Right, Everybody's true. really connected and connected. And at that time, we didn't only have email and website. Mm-hmm. Right. It. So I think Zaguilherme told me about. Uh, so Glam's a percussionist from Recife too, and he lived in, in Scotland as well. Uh, he told me about a website with many, with all summer schools in one website from UK. So I went to this website. I, I remember like spending, I spent like three weeks uh, sending emails. Hi, my name is Claudio Santana. I'm going, to, I'm going to UK. Would like to have a workshop. And they were like, yes, for sure. <laughs> so I booked a one-month workshop from Recife only by email. <laughs> and I went to UK to teach in 2001, doing this, you know. Uh, one year before, uh, I had a friend called Neto, and he used to play in Brilliant as well. Mm-hmm. And we met in, in 97, 98, and he, and he disappeared. He went to Glasgow, and we spent like two two years without seeing each other. So when when we met again in Silabilanti in the year of 2000, uh, he said, "Ah, oh, I was in Glasgow, and I was I was I was doing a degree there, and I met many uh, percussionists playing Brazilian music." They call me to play in the band, but I'm not a professional. I think if you go there, 
if you'll be there, you'll be, uh, you be the guy. And I said, <laughs> okay, I'm going there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so from that day to the day I was there, took me like two months to take mm. uh, to take a passport, you know, like to mm-hmm. to stop my university, you know, and other wow, stuff. Cool. I'm talking like uh, all the papers, you know, like the bureaucratic stuff. Took me like two months. And there is a guy called John Gilmer. He plays in a band called Mac Umba. <laughs> you know, like McDonald's. It's called mm-hmm. Mac Umba. It's called Mac Umba. <laughs> and they were playing bagpipes with Brazilian percussion. So I gave a phone call to John. <laughs> and at that time, we didn't have like Skype. <laughs> it was like a very expensive phone call. I said, hi, John. I'm oh, Claudine. yeah. <laughs> so Neto gave the phone call to John said, I'm, I have a friend called Claudinho. He's with me. He plays maracatu. And he wants to join in the Mac Omba band. And John said, oh, okay. He can stay here, you know, for to find a place to stay. And I can try to help to bring him. So he sent me like a fax, you know, fax, a paper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like uh, with a logo, with a Macumba logo saying, ah, to whom it may concern, <laughs> right, you know, right, right, all right. the stuff to show the immigration that I'm, I'm a guest, you know, right. And so that's his story. I went to that's Glasgow, funny. stay, stay with John Gilman, play with Macumba, and he introduced me to the all the bands, you know, and the samba squad, and the samba groups at that time. And I met a band called Bloco Vomit. <laughs> they play samba punk. They play samba with punk. <laughs> you know, like should I stay or should I? <laughs> To me, it was like a dream, you know, like I was, I love punk and I love samba. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I met them in March, like exactly March, mm-hmm. you know, 20 years ago, 21 years ago now. And then I said, you are from Recife. We are going to Recife next month to play oh, in wow. the Abril Pro Rock Festival. I said, oh my God, I love this festival. I never miss anyone, any festival. 
So when I got back from Recife after April, I joined the band. <laughs> and I played for many, many months. <laughs> and and that, that's a connection with the other groups, you know, with the Edinburgh Sound School. Mm-hmm. So I joined the Edinburgh Sound School. We went by bus from Edinburgh to Paris in France to play in the Réveillon from 2000 mm-hmm. and 2001. Mm-hmm. We cool. play in the in the Centre Pompidou with mm-hmm. two thousand drummers. Oh wow! wow. Great cool. experience, and I was freezing cold. I was like just <laughs> dying. I was dying. I had like a thermal underpants, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. and like a second skin, you know. I was playing like I, I was shaking, like I was playing snare and shaking at the same time. <laughs> Well, it was a great experience, you wow. know, like, uh, got the Euro Tunnel, Amazing. and I was just, yeah, I was playing, was playing the Euro Tunnel, oh, 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 Maria, oh, oh, God. <laughs> you know, all this, all this, you know, playing this in the Euro Tunnel is very symbolic, you know, like, I think it's the most popular samba music in the history, you know, like, mm-hmm. Masquinada from George Ben. Mm-hmm. I played that song so many times in so different places, you know, in Denmark, Copenhagen, in Stockholm, Sweden, you know, like every place I go, everybody was asking for that song, Masking Up. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> now, you touched on this a bit ago, but um, can you talk about your um, how you started with Pandero and then leading into... Uh, your influence uh, from Marco Susano. Yeah, the Pandero came together in 1997 with George Martins. He mm-hmm. had this like a percussion group, students. Mm-hmm. And we were trying every everything at the same time, like snare, shikiri, pandero, alfaya, you know, ganza, everything together, mixed. And I remember Pandero was part of this. And I was... I was playing Pandero and he was like, uh, you, are, you are going to be uh, good on that, you know, George told me. Você tem um jeito, né? He said. Você leva jeito para isso, he said. You know, like you have the, the feeling for that instrument. Um, but at that time, I was just playing with my thumb, like thumb stroke all the time, like doubling. And... Mm-hmm. I didn't know the Susano technique, but I was listening to the, to his album. You know, uh, I think Olho de Peixe was like a was, was a magic album. It was like mm-hmm. a, uh, you know, like changed my my blow my mind at the time. Uh, but well, as I told you, like uh, Sebastian Martini was the first guy to show me this technique in Stockholm. But I, I kept playing with my thumb, you know, like thumb stroke all the time. Then I met Sergio Krakowski, I think it was oh. 2002. He's Sergio's great. now is living, uh, Sergio's from Rio de Janeiro, is living in New York now. Mm-hmm. And I went to his show and took, I took, he, I took him to my house. Like was, uh, I, I think it was like 3 a.m. You know, in the evening, it was like in the morning. He, he was going to take a plane like 6 a.m. that day or so. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we took we spent like three hours playing together I don't know two hours and he was like showing me his technique amazing technique you know to split mm-hmm. the hand in two parts and you know, I mm-hmm. play four four in one side five four in the other side it was like crazy technique 
that I couldn't follow him because I was playing only thumb stroke. But he told me like to open my left arm, you know, to have the axis, the balance, you know, with my left hand. It changed my way hmm. forever. Only one tip he gave me, like changed my way wow. of playing forever. Uh, I remember showing him like a Cavallo Marinho, all the stuff he didn't know, a few things he didn't know, Maracatu. And he showed me like many, many different techniques that I couldn't follow at that time. In 2005, I got a book from Luis Sampaio that changed my way uh, playing the index finger on the top. You know, that's the Susano technique. Mm -hmm. So I had to, I had to start again, start over. <laughs> it was really hard. <laughs> I was playing seven, re seven year, years with uh, the same technique, thumb stroke only, you know. Uh, like doubling notes and I had to to start over. Like was relearn good? how to do it, yeah. Relearn Sergio it. has been to Brazil camp. He was right. my first yes. Pandero teacher. Not that I'm much of a Pandero player, <laughs> but he taught beginning Pandero. That was my first experience, yeah. He's he's cool. We need to have him yeah. on the podcast. Yeah. He's amazing. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. I'm sure you're going to have a, like a great stories and all. Like, he's like a spare head, you know, like his... Um, He's creating, always creating new stuff, you know. He's, he's got mm -hmm. a great techniques, a very clever, intelligent guy. Yeah. Um, but also like uh, Nacho Delgado, you know, mm -hmm. Tulio Araujo from Belo Horizonte. Mm -hmm. um, they're doing really interesting stuff as well. And change the way, the approach, you know, the, the Pandero technique approach in language. So I love that guys too. Great, great friends as well. So did you, when did you, did you officially study with Marco Susano? Um, no, I don't know. I think I met him during a show. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not, I don't, I can't remember now if I like had like a class, especially, I don't think so. I think I met him in a show. Uh, and no, I think it was a workshop. Yes, it was a part of event in 2002 or something like that. It was like a Arnaldo Antunes or Chico Cesar show, one of those guys. And after that was a Pandero workshop. So he showed his technique. And after that, I, I came to him and Susano, what do you think about this Pandero? And I remember he was playing like uh, speeding up. And he was like, chik, 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 chik. <laughs> and he was, oh, the jingles are, are a feeling now, you know, the the the, the, the weight of my hand. <laughs> it was like a, it's like a doctor, you know. If uh, <laughs> it's like a Pandero doctor, it's like a, he gave me like a very precise, uh, how can I say, uh, how do you call, diagnostic, you know, from my <laughs> from my Pandero, which I still have, you know. He's like, he's got his signature on the back. Mm -hmm. Cool. So still have this pandemic is from 2002. Next year is gonna turn 20 years. <laughs> it's the oldest pandemic I have, and uh, and pandemic is a is a really interesting is a very interesting instrument because the older it gets, the better it sounds. Hmm. You know the skins get very smooth, mm -hmm. and the bass gets very round, rounded. Mm -hmm. You know, very hmm. boom, very heavy and interesting each who is 
who is making good panderos right now? Who who are the makers that are like handmade panderos that are really popular right now? Well, I work with Adelson. He's from Belo Horizonte. Uh, I have three kinds of pandero with me. Uh, Cedro, Frejó, and Jacarandá. Uh, I also have uh, two panderos from Cooperman, from US. Hmm. Uh, Cooper, Cooperman is... Uh, they, ma- they make uh, all kinds of panderos from everywhere. No Bendir and in Cantira and whatever, you know, like all the kinds of uh, frame drums. Uh, I also have a few panderos from Contemporanea. I was sponsored uh, many years ago. I went to to US to represent Brazil in a pandero festival. It's called NAFDA, North America Frame Drum mm, something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I also have a pandero from Fabiano Raposo. Uh, I think uh, Osvaldo Poma is is uh, is uh, how can I say? He's making the pandero now. I think Fabiano is, uh, gave him the Lutieria, you know. Mm-hmm. Also, is a great friend. But I'm working especially with um, Adelson from Belo Horizonte. Cool. I'm just interested. I import drums and sell them online, so I'm always curious. I don't know much about Pandero, so I'm always curious what um, what I should be carrying in my store that people would be interested in. Well, all the, I, all the professional Pandero players I know, they have at least 10 Panderos from different right. uh, Lutier, you know, because like, right. it's like different colors. Mm-hmm. You know, it's different yeah. flavors. It's like a painting, yeah. uh, you know, it's like painting. So we have different colors. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. For instance, if you if you need to, you, you cannot take the same pandero you play in a show, play in a hotted show to a forro band, you know, it's gonna, mm-hmm. it's, it's a different, yeah. uh, you need a different pitch, you know, a different mm-hmm. sound. Like uh, I think plastic skin is better for, Playing uh, pagode, for instance, or forró, you know, if, especially if you have a zabumba, you know, by your mm-hmm. side, playing the, the, the lower notes. So right. you need a, a higher pitch pandero, no? Normally, uh, people uh, use the plastic skin because I have a, a higher pitch. So you need, I think it's good to have uh, at least four or five panderos to. To play in a different situations, you know, mm-hmm. to go recording, uh, to play in a hot show acoustically, or to play in a mic- with a microphone on the stage playing samba, you know. So I have a different pandero for different situations. Yeah. So you're currently in Sao Paulo. You've been there for quite a while. What's could you tell us about the scene there and how what you've been playing and what you've been doing there? Well, I uh, it's been ten years now that I'm mm-hmm. I'm living in São Paulo, and it's been one exactly one year this week without playing live music outside. It's crazy. Um, yeah, and you have no. Uh, uh, 
we don't we don't know when we're we're going to come back now on stage. Mm -hmm. I believe we're gonna we're gonna have it a uh, few months ahead, maybe one year over again. I I hope not, <laughs> but the situation is really bad now. You know, especially now in March. So unfortunately, we don't have shows. Uh, it's everything is online, you know. You know. Right. I used to play with Badia Sadi. Uh, she's a great singer and mm -hmm. guitar player. But after the this pandemia, we never play again. Once again, she's doing solo shows online. And that's it. I'm doing workshops and waiting for the situation to finish and get back to the stage. I hope so. Now, you toured with her internationally, right? Sorry? You inter you uh, traveled with or toured with her internationally, right? Didn't I see ah, yes. that you played like in South Korea with her? Yeah, we played in South Korea in 2015. Uh, it's, it's in the Jonathan Jazz Festival, same night as... Uh, Richard Bona, Spyro Jaira, mm -hmm. Triloki Gurto. Mm -hmm. I met him. I met him. The hotel was really special. O also had a breakfast <laughs> with Richard. <laughs> Richard Bona is really a really funny guy, very friendly. He loves Brazilian music, and, uh -huh. and I think he's gonna. He's gonna. He, he has a, a music venue in Rio de Janeiro called mm -hmm. Bona Fire, also in New York. He told me at that time, on a fire. Um, and then after that, Badi got back. No, Badi went uh, went by herself to US, and I went to Japan to Japan mm. by myself. <laughs> and I spent one week. Uh, I have a friend from Pernambuco living there, mm -hmm. Gustavo Anacleto. He used to play in this Spock Frevo Orchestra. Oh, cool! And he's playing a lot in Japan, so I could I. We played together once, and I was a. Uh, uh, I played one song in his show, playing Pandero. And I remember, I remember the song was called Partido Alto from Ayrton Moreira. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I didn't even know that song, never heard. So I had to study this music on the backstage <laughs> <laughs> five minutes before the show. <laughs> and he told me like a very special break uh, at the very end. <laughs> and oh, no. he told me, uh, yeah, he told me, like, be aware, don't be the only one, you know, to, to, to cross the line. Don't do that. <laughs> okay, so I got a lesson and did my job. <laughs> but all the experience abroad was traveling by myself, you know, doing workshops. The only, the only time I, I went abroad uh, with another artist was with Badia Saad. Mm -hmm. to South Korea. I remember like took me two days from Sao Paulo to South Korea. It was like an endless traveling. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Dubai, stayed in Dubai for hours. Like then I went trip. to yeah, South Korea. I took a taxi four hours driving to go to the festival. Wow. Oh my and goodness. One hour drive. Yeah, because it's an island. You know, Jarasun is an island. Oh. It's very far. Mm. Then one hour to go to the, ho to the hotel. You know, like, oh man. <laughs> 
was really tiny, but it was really nice, you know. It's always good traveling and playing a, in a big festival, you know, with a real sound, you know, and great audience. Everybody was like uh, uh, sitting on the floor, you know, like having food, you know, very organized festival. It's like a picnic, you know, outside. <laughs> so it was really interesting. It was like freezing cold. It was amazing cold. I remember uh, tuning my pandero in the, during the sound check. It was like uh, evening, uh, afternoon. Then I got back. Did to it change? <laughs> yeah, I got back to the station in the evening. My, my pandero was like block, block. Yeah. It was like no sound, I was like desperate. I was just playing like a, with my thumb, left thumb, like pressing the skin really strong to right, have any right. sound coming from the, <laughs> and my partner was like, bluff, bluff. Oh my God. The temperature is like an enemy, you know, like real enemy, real enemy. some English before you went to um, the UK or or did you learn it growing up? Uh, no, uh, we have uh, English class in, uh, classes uh, during our childhood, you know, in the school, but it's very basic. It's like the book is on the table. <laughs> right, it's right. like this. And, uh, but I, I had this dream, you know, to, to go abroad, to study English, to play music. So I sat by myself study English at home uh, one year before go to UK studying like eight hours every day oh, wow. Holy cow. and I remember I remember my my father has like this like uh, books and cassettes mm -hmm. from London BBC London <laughs> oh, cool. English you know so I had uh, I had to go this I took I took the plastic off and I was like okay I'm doing this exercise one book a day you know so I took the tapes and took the books and was studying many hours every day to have like a basic conversation. But, you know, you learn to say, how are you? When you go to UK, it's like, how are you doing? Uh, you know, they, when, you, when you arrive, you say hi. They say, hi-ya. Right. Hi-ya, what's a hi-ya? The song, <laughs> hi-ya is like a sun coming up, hi-ya. <laughs> and when, when they leave, they say, cheerio. It's like a Japanese, you know, cheerio. It's like cheer you, uh, cheerio. So everything is different. They don't say, they don't ask you like, are you crazy? They say, are you off your heat? <laughs> <laughs> so English is Glasgow. It's like crazy. It's like a, it's like Russian. It's different, yeah. Yeah. 
So I had to learn Glaswegian and English from BBC <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> so I went my, to go ahead. Sorry, I went I went to a school called Anseland College to study like a BBC Four. They call it the BBC Four is like mm -hmm. a radio. Mm -hmm. The teacher was like, you have to listen to BBC Four. This is the Queen's English. <laughs> <laughs> so I was learning like a, the, uh, like a, a traditional English and Glaswegian. Uh, let's say I to, I, every, every time I have to go to school, I take a bus. So every time I leave the bus, I say, cheers, Paul. Which is, <laughs> which is like, like a slang, you know, like cheers, Paul. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Don't say that. Like, cheers, Paul is like a local language. So yeah, I, was, yeah. I was, and I had an, a small notebook in my pocket, and every time I listening, I was uh, listening. Uh, every time I listened something different, I, I I was asking, "Can you can you write down this to me, please?" Oh, nice. So I I used to say, "I'm I need to go to the toilet." Nobody says that. <laughs> they say, "I need to go to the loo." I say, mm -hmm. "What is loo? Can you write down loo to me?" <laughs> so that another vocabulary, like a street vocabulary. And going to the pub and going to the school to learn the Queen's English. <laughs> <laughs> so I had this balance: Glaswegian, Queen's English. And in 2008, I went to US. Uh, so I and then also it's like a different. You no, know? they say right. what's up. They ask you what's up. They don't say how are you. So it's another language. It's another. It's a different English. You know. They say, I'm going to go, I'm going to this, I'm going to that. And the English people say, I'm going to. So it's, it's, they have differences, but very similar. But it also depends on where you are, like mm -hmm. in the United States. You could be in New York City or Texas, and it'd be totally different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I'm saying it like that. That's my <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I went to Texas. I went to a festival called Basic. Mm -hmm. Oh, Just, awesome! Uh, yeah, I went crazy. I went to Indian, yeah, I went to Indianapolis 2010, uh -huh. and yeah. I went to Texas in 2008. At that day, cool. Obama, Obama, the president, they won the election. On oh, that day. oh, yeah. And I, rem oh. I remember, I was like walking on the streets, and all the tax drivers. It was like, bam, it was horny, like, bam, 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 you know, it was like a party. And I was really, I was, I was really, uh, I was like crying because it, it's, I, I, I noticed that he, he was very popular. It's like Lula mm -hmm. for us, you know, he represents the, the real people, you know, so the tax driver is the real people. Yeah. yeah. And everybody was like shouting, like, it's like a carnival, it's like a goal, you know, like your mm -hmm. team, mm -hmm. football team, like uh, making a goal, and I remember all this city uh, stopped for the pronunciation Obama's uh, first uh, appearance on the TV, and everybody everybody was in silent in a bar, mm -hmm. and I was speaking. I was just <laughs> I was just crying. It was uh, unforgettable yeah. that day. Powerful. Yeah, I remember that day too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was just like, I can't believe that this country would vote for him. Yeah. I just was so shocked. The first, first black president also. Yeah. First black president. So many things. Yeah, it was amazing. I think I cried for days. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I wish he got back, you know. I wish he could I wish he could move to Brazil and, and save us. <laughs> take take over this post. Kick off Obama this Obama could be the pre- Obama's next move as president of Brazil. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. We, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but there's, uh, 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 Carlinhos Pandeiro Gioru. Uh, see, yeah, no, yeah. He has Jackson do Pandeiro. Yeah. He had this, uh, Pandeiro with Obama on the head. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah. Fun. He took it to Washington. He had received an award and he took it with him to Washington, D.C. <laughs> Carlinhos is a, is, a, is a reference, you know, it's a big reference. Also, yes. Jorginho do Pandeiro, you know, uh, João da Baiana, and so many others. Uh, revolution, revolutionary people, mm-hmm. you know, the Pandeiro. Uh, Carlinhos is still rolling, you know, Pauline, uh, Carlinhos. Uh, is is living in the US. I don't I think it's California, right? Yeah, Los he's in Angeles, Los Angeles. Yeah. yeah, Los Angeles, yes. He's he's great guy. He's doing like um Malabarism, you know, like she mm-hmm. throwing up and you know, mm-hmm. all the stuff and it's beautiful, beautiful to see. Yeah, he's, he's a real some real sambista, you know, from Samba School. He's a a real guy. He's, he's a, a guy. Yes, he's yeah, great. Character. Exactly. Now back um a couple of years ago, you were leading the Bangala Fumenga group in Sao Paulo, right? Yes, Bangala Fumenga is, uh, is from Rio de Janeiro. Mm-hmm. It was my first uh, bloco here in Sao Paulo. Uh, it was 2012. I was leading the snare section. Then I moved to Sudo de Segunda, uh, the second drum. And the response. And the lower one is the first, and the second is the response. Mm-hmm. Then I moved to another block in the year later to Kizomba, mm-hmm. which is also from Rio de Janeiro. Uh, then I uh, play in the first year of Hitalina. Uh, it's a playing word with Hitali, and Hitalina is a medicine for kids. Hmm. Uh, they, they play only Italian song, Italy songs. Uh, <laughs> then I was leading the first year of Charanga uh, de França. It's a big block here too. And the year after, uh, playing the first year of uh, Beste Tour. And then, uh, I think in 2017, uh, Pagu came to my life. And I'm still mm-hmm. there. Pagu is a great experience. It was, to me, it's like um, uh, it's an honor. It's an honor to be there because I'm a male, you know, and it's a female group. Mm-hmm. It's a feminist group. And then I, I helped to, to build up from zero, you know, bringing the songs and the arrangements. I was uh, leading the group, you know, the, with the whistle for two years. And the third year was like a mix between me and the Veronica. Now Veronica is leading the group, Veronica Borges. And last year, uh, she was leading by herself and I was just playing on the band. But I'm still doing the arrangements and the music directions, you know. And to me, it's a real 
honor to be there. How did you um, come into the group? Did they ask you to? Yeah, be the, in the 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 group uh, was created by Mari Bastos, and she came to me. I was I was playing at the Kizomba group at that time, and she came as a student <laughs> just to know me. I was playing this snare session. He came. She came to with her snare. Uh, we had a friend in common, and she she told me I have an idea. I only have a name and don't know. I don't know what to do. I said, okay, what's the name? She said, Pagu. I said, mm, Pagu is a feminist, mm. and feminism is a left wing. You know? She mm-hmm. said, oh no, I don't want to mix with politicians. I said, I'm sorry. <laughs> left uh, feminism is left wing, so you're gonna you're gonna have to deal with that. Um, and I told her on that day, you're gonna need like seven. Uh, maestris to help the percussion, one for the surdo, one for the snare, one for the shaker, and she was like, oh my god, that's too many. So <laughs> you have to to start, we have, have to have one girl leading each session you know, of the battery. And you're going to have a page, you have to have a page on the Facebook uh, to invite people to come to the first uh, to the first day, in one week everything was was ready to go. Hmm. She was she was really fast, and that at that time she was running a bar called uh, Nustrilius, and it was really far. Is is in Moca neighborhood. It's really hard to get there. Everybody got lost. It was near a train station, <laughs> and I remember when every time we, we had the rain, the electric electricity. It's over. It was gone. <laughs> and I had to stop the rehearsal. And it was like really, really tough time. And the block was like growing up, growing up. And, and we didn't have much space. So we need to move to Villa Madalena. And it was just growing, growing. In three years, we, we were like nothing to the biggest, well, the biggest category in Sao Paulo. Oh, wow. Called Mega, well, it's called Mega Bloco. <laughs> Sao Paulo today had 1,000, mm-hmm. approximately 1,000 blocos, and 40 mega blocos. And wow. Pagu is among of them. In three years, <laughs> we got that. We have a like a special meeting with the prefecture, you know. Uh, mega bloco is uh, it's a category for blocos that brings more than. 70,000 people around you. Wow. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> yeah, I can't even imagine. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of people. So every time you bring um, many, many people uh, change the city, you know, have to have mm-hmm. a special right. operation for the mm-hmm. traffic and yeah. you know, no cars parked during the way, all the yeah, stuff, you know. Yeah. Holy sh- in three years so what what do you think was was a key thing for that to grow so quickly uh many things many many things um first of all i really love carnival i i i'm 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 a carnival person since i'm 15 
now. So 30 years of carnival now. <laughs> I really love them. It's my biggest passion. You know, like when it, when it, when we talk about carnival, to me it's like a, like Chico Sainz said, uh, diversão levada sério. You know, like serious, funny thing. You know, but you take this funny side to the serious side as well. You know. Um, I think a good uh, repertoire, you know, good music. Um, um, I don't know, many things. A good team playing together, you know, good band, uh, good arrangements. Uh, I don't know, just like uh, when everything is organized, Pagu is a very, very organized group. You know, you deliver... Uh, a different how how do you call um, different papers for each person you know like mm, you're gonna you're gonna yeah you're gonna play guitar you're gonna play the snare you're gonna play sudo I'm gonna sell the the, the shows you're gonna lead the group you know like different uh, functions different papers you know gotcha yeah because uh, in the small groups when you have like a small group you have to do that you have to promote yourself, you have to lead the group, you have to make the arrangements, the music directions. Uh, when you have many, many uh, responsibility on you, one of, that is gonna, one of them is going to fail. You understand? Yeah. But yeah. when you deliver, when you deliver, the, <laughs> when you deliver like a different, uh, uh, how can I say, uh, responsibilities, you know, like, only yeah, jobs. Person. Everyone has a different job. Mm -hmm. job. Only one person sell the shows. I'm gonna sell. I'm gonna promote. The, I'm gonna bring you shows. So it's one more thing to less. One more thing to uh, to forget. You know, I'm gonna focus yeah. on music. I think Pagu is uh, it's organized really well organized on mm. that on that way. You know, I think it's it's part of the success. You know, everybody knows what to do and everybody's doing his best and we have the happiness we have the carnival feel mm. feeling and good music and uh, we have the ashe you know like mm -hmm. Pablo has the, the female uh, power also you know like mm -hmm. uh, i believe that you know like when we have many women together uh, fighting for one thing, for one, you know, uh, together, you know, mm -hmm. uh, must must succeed and must be be well. Now, I have a technical question about the group. Um, you know, we interview a lot of people that have groups, you know, in the United States and other areas. How do you bring in new members, and um, you know, how do they learn the material? Uh, promotion, you know, like um, every time you 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 put a video on the Facebook for the carnival, many people see that and and say, "I want to be there." Mm -hmm. And every time after carnival, uh, for instance, I open a workshop, and new students come, mm -hmm. learn to play drums, and say, "Please put me in the bubble. Please, I love this group." <laughs> And I, I, I'm bringing new student, new students every year. So but do they learn the people? Do they learn Sorry. the material there at your class? 
Um, no, it's not a class, especially like with paper of scores or whatever. No, it's everything's like uh, playing together. You know, at the beginning of the of the class, if I could say class, uh, we split the group. You know, like uh, snare section go to one side, studio section go to another side. Their work technique, their others, uh, all the specialties inside. And one one hour later, we put everybody together mm. to play one groove together. And the hour, uh, the following hour, we put the band on stage and everybody play together with the band. You know, so we're gonna do step by step mm-hmm. to go to the to the music itself with the band together. But it's not a school, you know, like with scores or music theory. You don't sure. have that. Oh, of course. Yeah. And what did you say that the woman's name who's now leading it? Yeah, Mari Bastos and Teresa, uh, they both are the leading, like they, they, they created the group, you know. Mm-hmm. Also with Ian, another guy. So three people involved. Uh, they have the, the, the uh, um, society, you know, like they have, a, mm-hmm. how do you call They are the owner. They, 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 they create the group. Mm-hmm. And Mari came to me and with this idea and said, what should I do? What can, what can I do with that? So it was That's kind cool. of uh, showing the way, go this way. This is what you need, you know? Because mm-hmm. I was had experience with Bangala, Fumenga, Kizomba, Sharanga, so many groups. Right, right. So I already knew what to do, what you need, you know? Uh, Bangala, Fumenga is, uh, is a big group, you know, like... From Rio de Janeiro, I, mm-hmm. I think they have like 20 years or something. Yeah, uh, playing carnival, so it's a real big group, very organized, you know. So I had in my head what I need at that time, and say, "Mari, go this way," and I had to record videos. So we went to the studio, you know, like recording. Now let's gonna play samba in 80 BPM. Doop. record a video sent only to the uh, snare session everybody was learning at home so we started to do something more things uh, more technical Mm -hmm. to help to to improve the technique but it's not a school you know you don't have like a music theory sure people people, everybody's like uh, they they did that to have fun they go go there to have fun to to, they they like amusement you know like a carnival is like they have they want to have a beer and, and forget about the jobs, you know, for, for three hours and have fun. That's what they want, I, I believe. Yeah, so this is a, a crazy time. You're taking um, the, oh, what am I trying to say? You're taking the, um, the most recent lessons with uh, Gabrielle Policarpo on Hippiki. Yes, I'm in and love that's... with Epeka now. <laughs> yeah, are you doing any other online classes? Taking any other online classes? Uh, I'm, yes, I'm doing a, a post-graduation. I don't know how you call that in English. Uh, I think you have a music degree. The second step is post-graduation, then you go doutorado, mestrado. Post-graduation oh, like is like a second mm-hmm. step. Post-graduation, yes. With Ari Colaris, which is a Great teacher. In Sao Paulo, Great yeah. Teacher. Yes, it's from Sao Paulo. Last person um, we interviewed, uh, he was very really? instrumental in her studies. Yeah, as I'm doing, I'm studying this, this post-graduation. 
I believe it's going to finish in December this year. Mm. Uh, and I'm also studying with Gabriel and doing online classes, teaching online classes and praying for this pandemic situation over this year. Yes. Because I, I will be really, really sad, you know, if with the idea of Dome having carnival next year. I will be crazy. Really. <laughs> yeah. It, that would, yeah. That's hard to imagine. Because carnival, carnival is a, is a, is a, it's a, it's a big relief, you know, it's like a, it's a time to relieve all this stressful yeah. year we had, you know, mm -hmm, it's like yeah. partying, partying for good, you know, like 20 hours for four days, at least partying to yeah. allow yourself to be free. Mm -hmm. Of course, it's a, it's a, it's a political uh, attitude as well, you know, it's occupying the streets, you have this side as well, you know, this is a real democracy. But it's at, at the same time, it's a, it's a time to be happy. It's to allow yourself to be whatever you want to be. So it's bringing you a relief. It's like starting over. Every time the carnival finishes, we see on Facebook, Happy New Year. It's very common in Brazil. So it's like starting over the year with the energy you need, you know. So when you don't have that, it makes you really sad. You know, if you love carnival, like I'm a very mm -hmm. carnival person. It makes it really sad. So this year, yeah, there's again, also a lot of people who uh, rely on it for work, and yeah. that's their exactly, main source yes. of income. So yeah. yeah, San Juan also is a really important mm -hmm. thing. San Juan okay. is in July. It's going to be the second time this year that we don't have the, this popular manifestation mm -hmm. kind of music cultural, which is beautiful, you know. Yeah, carnival, uh, carnival is is really important. And San Juan is like the second carnival, the second uh -huh. uh, celebration, popular celebration on the streets, you know. In Pernambuco, is, the Northeast especially is really strong. You know, the Forró scene, you know, the Forró shows, all the culture, culture involved around the San Juan, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and here in Sao Paulo, we have uh, a Bumba Meu Boi also, which mm -hmm. is really strong from Maranhão. Tião Carvalho is it's a uh, it's a master here in São Paulo, uh, and he's also celebrating uh, three times a year. We we don't have to. So we're gonna gonna have to skip that once again this year probably. No, he's doing a festival boy, the boy party, which is really sad, you know. But we have to wait. You have to be patient and. And pray, you know, like to to the situation finishes, you know, and to, I hope we survive that. You know, every every day we have this bad news. Everybody is, is leaving this planet, you know, for good, and we have to pray to be strong, to be together, to be solid. You know, that's what I think. It's a very scary situation. Yeah. Here in Brazil. Have they started vaccinating there in Sao Paulo? I was talking to a friend of mine, friend of the show, Bruno Moraes, was saying that they're now in Rio vaccinating people 75 and up. Are they doing any vaccinations there? Yes, yes. The government here is, is very concerned and very worried about the situation. Uh, the government has, a, the local government 
as a independency from Bolsonaro. You know, mm. they can decide the best way to lead the state. So uh, here we have João Doria. I don't trust him much, but he's doing his best to bring uh, the, <laughs> you know, the the vaccine to to the people. But Bolsonaro needs needs to to help. You know, it's like it's, it's a federal law. You know that, that keep, to buy uh, enough uh, vaccine for everyone. You know, don't have enough for everybody. That's a problem now. Yeah, uh, people are not wearing mask mask anymore on the streets. Uh, they still like doing the clandestine parties, you know, celebrations. I've uh, seen pictures. The president, the, the president is stimulating people to that. You know, he is never wearing a mask. For instance, mm -hmm. is always always against the 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 world. You know, the, the scientists. It's really scary. You know, this is a scary situation. Yeah, yeah and with this variant, that's even more dangerous. I'm hoping that yeah, things somehow turn. Last year, last year we had like a founding called Auxilio Emergencial. It's emergency money from the government, mm -hmm. and it was like six sixty uh, six hundred reais, and they finished in December. So it's been three months without that. And people are just starving, you know, like musicians are selling their mm -hmm. the best instruments to survive. You know, like the, the amount of people uh, living on the streets is like four times bigger than two years ago. Wow. So it's like a population of street uh, people, you know, uh, which is really sad, you know. It's, with the government, uh, without the help of the government, it's just impossible. All the bars and the and the and the venues, you know, the, the music venues are closing now, the doors, and these people has no option. This is this is their life, you know, lives. This is their jobs. Mm -hmm. uh, so now the government uh, wants to do two hundred and fifty reais. This is this is really nothing, you know. Uh, we have to do the lockdown. We have to give mm -hmm. the money for people to stay at home. You know, and you have to bring the the vaccine, the the, the the you know the solution. This is the solution, the real solution. The medicine is the solution. Huh? Mm -hmm. So, without one of them, it's just impossible to recover this to you know to to recover the situation. I don't see any other way. You know. Yeah, it's a. Uh... Yeah, there's nothing to say about it, really. Well, let's talk about music. It's better. <laughs> something happy. Let's talk about music. Ask me something, please. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you, um, you know, you've studied and played so many different genres. What are your favorite things to listen to? Oh, this is a really unfair question. Don't do that, please. <laughs> Don't do that. Well, I don't have one favorite, really. I don't have. I love samba, but I I can't tell this is my favorite. It's like um, uh, I love Afro-Brazilian music. That's it. Mm -hmm. Afro-Brazilian just touched me really strong in a way that I can't explain. Just feel. 
but I'm studying. I'm studying with Aricolares now, and he's bringing like uh, really good teachers, like uh, Valeria from Awaka, uh, João Simon from Barbatukis, mm-hmm. uh, Beto Angerosa, uh, which play. He's play. He plays like a uh, world music, like Darbuca uh, and Cajon, real well, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, Alison Bruno, which oh, is a master, Candomblé. Yeah, yeah, it's a Candomblé master. Uh, all these people now are my teachers, you know. So it's open my head, my my head once again mm-hmm. for this thing, for the stuff. It's it's good to be like a professional and to be a student at the same time, you know. To come back to the classroom and say, okay, I'm 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 here to learn because it's an infinite way, you know. Music mm-hmm. is like uh, endless. Percussions is endless, especially, you know, because when mm-hmm. I. If you are a bass player, you play bass and you have to improve your technique there. When you are a percussionist, you have to play cajon, congas, djembe, repique, timbal. It's like endless universe, you know? So I think to me it's good to, to be a student. And to me it's a pleasure to share knowledge. That's why I love being a teacher, hmm. you know? I love to be on the stage, but I, at the same time, I love share my knowledge and to make people happy. I, once I was I was teaching, I was doing a workshop, and I, a student gave, gave me a sentence. I, I never forget that it was like so beautiful. She told me like uh, a pandero, the pandero always brings a smile on a face. Hmm. Like some every 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 time you're like uh, playing a hooded choro. We have the intro, you know, like uh, they, they, they play in the intro. When the pandero start playing, someone's going to look and say, wow, now the music, it's so, <laughs> you, know, mm-hmm. you know, and brings a smile to you. And notice that, it's like amazing, you know, to see someone smiling at you because you start to play your drum, it's magic. It's the best, it's the best uh, feedback you can have. It's the best payment. <laughs> you know, that makes us to carry on in this big mission. You know, to be a musician is like a big mission. You now, if you take music like in a serious way, mm-hmm. like a survivor, you know, like not, not only like a job, it's like a mission. It's uh, mm-hmm. you know to carry on to bring your ancestors when you're playing drums, like playing maracatu, playing on fire. You're you're talking to your ancestors, you know. You're you bringing all this history to the present. It's not it's not only having fun or amusement, you know. To, mm-hmm. to, for us, it's, it's like a it's something really serious. It's like a ancestor. Nanavas Gonzalez is it's a big influence, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like a mentor, and he, I I always. Uh, Every time he was doing a workshop, I was there. Every workshop, no matter mm-hmm. where. Like uh, every time I, I saw him on the newspaper, or whatever. Like Manavas uh, Gonzalez doing a free workshop at Inolinda, I was there. And no, no, it was like a, it's like a, a magic, you know, of sounds. It's like a, how can I say? It's not only a guru, you know, but it's, it's mm-hmm. like a, it's like magic, you know, like. Okay, let's do the rain now. Everybody close your eyes, close your eyes. 
let's do some clapping really low and he was like clapping clapping he's like a big gong you know like <laughs> and the river never stops the river never stops when I was like crying it was like uh, goosebumps you know like crying like now like goosebumps you could see yourself in a jungle you know it's like a magic it's like a how can you how can he do that so I had this experience with Nana and Nana was like always saying uh, uh, todo tambor transmite o som da terra so, uh, no, the tambor is like an interface between the sacred, the, the, the sagrado, you know, and the earth. The, the, tambor, the tambor, the the drum is a communication from your ancestors to the present, to the audience, if you are on the stage, you know. So I really started that from the beginning, you know, 97, 98, when I was in Olinda. Start doing my first Pandero classes. I remember that with Mestre Lua. And Anna had a space called Flow do Mangi. It's like an ONG for, mm -hmm. for kids mm -hmm. and called Flor do Mangi. And I was taking classes there, Pandero classes. I remember Anna just passing by. He saw the class, he came to us, and he got the conga and he started playing with his own technique. You know, like a mix of Cuban and Atabaki technique and Capoeira, you know, like a mix of techniques. Mm -hmm. And it was like, everything must be very simple. Everything must be very simple, very, you know, like very quiet. And you go to strong and you come back to it. It was like giving a lesson of, of two minutes, but it was like so deep and real and strong. It changed the way of seeing the drums, you know, it changed your way to see the life. And it was like, todo tambor transmite o da terra. He is always saying that. And if you come to him and say, uh, Mestre, and he was like, Mestre is on the sky. I'm not a <laughs> Mestre. Mestre is on the sky. Mestre is God, you know. Every time he was saying that, I never forget. Mestre Deus, Mestre Deus. He didn't like to, to call himself Master. But he mm. was. And every time I listen to beating Baum, really well played, I remember Nana was concerned, you know. It was like magic. That's, that's a beautiful story. That's amazing that you had that connection with him and that you were able to be in his presence like that. Yeah. So many good things now. So many good things. Mm -hmm. uh, but Pandero is like a one of one one drum that got me for real, you know, like I love Pandeira because it's a very complete uh, drum on your hand. It's like a drum set pocket, you know. You put yeah, in a, totally. In your backpack and totally travel abroad with that, you know, backpack, and you make you make the sound, you make the the happiness because you have like three tones, you know, low, middle, and high pitch. So I just love Pandeiro. I remember one experience I having his Sifi. Uh, there is a jazz uh, a music every Sunday. You no know, drum set, double bass, and saxophone. And I was going there every Sunday to have a beer. One day, yeah, I always had my pandero in the car, always, no matter where. I always have a, because I have a traffic jam. 
And every time I was uh, in a traffic jam, I was practicing my Fandero. Totally. So, yeah. so I had this, I had this, uh, I was listening to the radio when I was in a traffic jam, listening to the radio, say, this, this is going to be the challenger. Uh, I'm going to listen to any song and I'm going to play any song. That's going to be a challenge. So I like, sometimes I was playing rock and then I was playing samba, I was playing frevo. And every time the traffic was moving, like, damn, I was just getting this song, you know, so... You, you transform something really bad into something really good to you. You know, traffic jam is horrible. Nobody wants to be in a car in, in a traffic jam. But I was practicing my pandero at the time. I was taking advantage to, to practice my pandero. And one, in th that day, it was Sunday, I got there to have a beer. And the saxophone was my teacher at the university. I said, Claudio, please help me. The drum set didn't show up. And we need to do the show. And we don't have a drum, a drum set player. Uh, do you have your pandero? I said, man, don't do that, please. I don't play jazz at all. I said, no, please save us. We don't have a choice. I mean, I've got a plastic skin pandero in my car. It's not a gold skin, like a low pitch. I have a plastic pandero play for her. I said, doesn't matter. Just get it. I said, my God. Oh, my God. So I was playing, hit the road, Jack. Let's go back. to in a plastic skin funder, oh my God, Tulio is going to kill me. <laughs> Sorry, Tulio, Tulio Ramos for that. At that time, uh, at that time, the only guy who was playing uh, Pandero Jazz, I think, was Scott Finer. Mm -hmm. And I knew his I know, I knew his album, you know. I, I, was, I was just listening and say, oh, it's possible to play jazz. But I didn't have the chance. I never, never, ever. Play chess on the planet, and it was it was the first time. It, so it's it was a big challenge, you know. And after that, I said, "Well, oh, I can do that. I have a I have a new experience now, and it's open your mind a mm -hmm. little bit more, you know." But I, I don't play jazz, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and I leave this to to Tulio. He's a he's, he's the best guy to do that now. And I remember this experience. I, I also had another experience with the Forró band. The Zabumba guy didn't show up, and I had to play the Zabumba on the Pandero. <laughs> Unfortunately, in the same Pandero, the other plastic skin one I was studying this one. That, that Pandero play... is a lifesaver. <laughs> yeah, and that day I remember playing Shotty the first mm -hmm. time on the Pandero. And everybody plays shot like tuki chica tuki 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 chica. Everybody plays like that. Most people play like that. And it was the first time I was playing chiki chaki chunki chunk with the jazz feel because I had the experience with the jazz, you know? <laughs> and I say, wow, look at that. I can play shot <laughs> like a jazz. Chiki chaki chunk chunk Hit the road, Jack. <laughs> Want to come back? <laughs> would be nice, you know, to have like a jazz for whole band, you know, playing shot in the pandemic. Yeah. That'd be nice too. You there know? you go. <laughs> so all this experience you have, uh, it can be worse at first, you know, like it can be really bad. And after that becomes something like really rich experience, you know, you brings to the next experience, mm -hmm. to the for whole experience, and then you keep going. And it makes you improve your technique, you know, to go to the other side, to different ways, you know, different colors, you know, that's why it's really important to have uh, different instruments, you know, to have different pitch, you know. But at that time, I was playing a lot of Pandero plastic skin because of the forró band, you know, it was like, a, 
in San Juan, uh, May and July, two months, you do a lot of shows, a lot. It's, it's the best time for the percussionist. Hmm. Uh, better than carnival. Carnival is also have a big demand for for percussion. And pandeiro, especially, you no know? frevo. To play frevo, you have mm-hmm. you must have a, a pandeiro player, you know. But a surdo, but you have you need your horn. You need like sopro. You need a saxophone, mm-hmm. trumpet. This is like the big the biggest demand, you know, during the carnival. And San Juan is the some uh, the accordion. The accordion becomes mm-hmm. the king, you know. He is the king. Everybody <laughs> wants accordion. <laughs> So, uh, and after the accordion is percussion, you know, like zabumba, triangle, pandeiro, shakers, whatever, whatever you want to put in the band. But especially zabumba, you know, with zabumba, triangle, and accordion, you make a forró. We make the trio. You know, that's a basic uh, trio. We call pé de serra. The accordion is always here is the one that's hard to find. Yeah. Here in São Paulo, we have a Mestrinho. Do you know Mestrinho? Oh, I love Mestrinho. Yeah, he's a great guy. He's from, if I'm not wrong, Alagoas, Sergipe or something like that. I think he's from Sergipe, I think so. Aracaju, yes. And he's living in São Paulo and he's playing with Gilberto Gil. Now he's like, he has his own career, you know, like he's, he's the artist now. Yeah, he's, he's taken singing. off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's playing and singing like, Amazingly, you know, it's one of the biggest accordionists in Brazil now, I believe. He's great. He's very young, young and talented. Mm-hmm. I have a request. Okay. Could you play a little as we... Uh, let me see. Let's see what I have here. Oh. This is for Marco Suzano, okay? Okay. I don't know if it's going to listen to that, but I'm going to play for him. I hope he listens to our show. (laughs) He's like a big, big, big hero for us, Pandero players, okay? Yes. So this pandemonium from Marco Suzano. Susanna, we love you. <laughs> awesome. Thank yeah, that you. That intro is like amazing. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. Um, I hope you had enjoyed. Yeah. It's a great those... time chatting. Yeah. Yeah. It's always nice to get to know get to know new people. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for taking the time to be on the show. You're welcome. I'm always here if you need. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode with Claudinho. All of his links that he sent us to how to get in touch with him will be on our website, thebrazilianbeat.com. So go check it out, episode 88. Lessons. If you're looking for lessons, another way to give back to Brazil is by taking lessons with some of these people. They benefit by by getting a little cash from you, and you benefit by getting a lot of great knowledge. So um, the guys from Duetto, Herbert Bruno and Lucas Eduardo are are teaching lessons online. Their classes are really fun. Uh, Dudu Fuentes is doing some fun one-on-one lessons. I recommended someone recently who's just loving lessons with Dudu. 
Gabriel Policarpo is um, frequently putting out um, different calls for, for lessons and group lessons, and I've taken part in those. Those are really fun. Um, and everybody who plays for Patuki Digital is pretty much available for lessons, so that covers a lot of incredible players. So, And not to forget the ladies, Tayani Katanyeji. That's right. You can reach out to her. She's, she's a great teacher from what I hear. Awesome. And Talitha Santos. Mm-hmm. Not a lady, but Francisco Machado is doing some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> reach out to him. So many people. If you can, please reach out to any and all of those folks. <laughs> Huge shout out to our current Kofi supporters. And we have a new one. Yes. Local. A local one. Local. Jay Bauer. Thank you Yay. so much, Jay. Jay, you rock. J J J J J J J J J J J J J J J J J Miss you, Jay. Haven't seen you in more than a year, but you live down the road. And also shout out to Bruce because he gave more money for Hichimo Solidario, and he is just a he's just a wonderful person. So thanks, thanks, Bruce. I also have. A new thing, Diana. The word of the day? The Portuguese word of the day. Actually, it should be like Portuguese word of the fortnight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Portuguese word of the fortnight. It's percussion related. Gargalhada. Which is actually, it means belly laugh. But it's also the same term that a lot of these guys use for a single stroke roll. So if you think about it. That's kind of like a belly laugh. Like, ha, 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 ha. Anyway, I thought that was cute. Gargalhada. So there you go. Portuguese word of the day. Or no, Portuguese word of the fortnight. Yeah, use it in a sentence next time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, use it in a sentence. <laughs> well, everybody, hope you liked that one. Um, we are working on more episodes for you. So stay tuned. Yeah, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Ciao.